As we briefly prepare our hearts for communion, would you take up your Bible and turn to 2 Peter chapter 1, just four verses that we're going to look at that briefly. 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 1 to 4. And uh, let's prepare our hearts for communion. And uh, I'm about to read this passage, but I first want to just read the, the, the phrase in verse 3, which is particularly on my heart. It says this, His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Now let's just go back to verse 1. Simon Peter, a bondservant and apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of our God and Savior Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness, that's powerful, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. Just three little phrases I'd like to emphasize in our brief time. Firstly, in verse 1, there's this phrase which says, like precious faith, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of God. I find that phrase interesting, like precious faith. You see, the apostle Peter, he had a passion for those who had found faith in Jesus Christ, just as he did. And I believe that you and I as believers in Jesus, we should have a passion for others who have found like precious faith in Jesus. Sometimes as Christians, we can live in a self-centered way. We're just worried about our walk with the Lord. Are we doing okay? Are we full of the joy of the Lord? Are we experiencing spiritual renewal? But Peter had a passion to see others thriving in the things of God. And notice that he refers, <clears throat> he refers to our faith as precious. Please say the word precious. precious. And that's exactly, folks, what your faith is. Your faith is precious. Your faith is precious. Our faith, is, our faith in Jesus is precious and should be treasured. And it's so important that we guard our faith in Jesus. I do believe that in the end times, one of the greatest objectives of the enemy is to undermine the believer's faith. That eventually we start to think like they thought in the Garden of Eden. Well, did God really say? And well, is Jesus really coming? And will this, is there really a rapture? 
And God, God doesn't want your faith to be rattled or undermined. God wants your faith to be unshakable. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken. God wants you to have an unshakable faith that despite what you go through, your faith is solid. It is secure. And so I want to remind you, child of God, your faith is precious. Got it. Also, this phrase in verse 2 says, grace and peace be multiplied to you. I like that. This is Peter speaking. But we also see many times in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul, he uses this phrase, grace and peace. Grace and peace, grace and peace. And I believe that one of the reasons why that phrase was so uh, profoundly used in the New Testament is because the early church, after uh, the, the, the day of Pentecost, when the church of Jesus Christ was born, I believe they had a greater focus, emphasis, and focus, emphasis on the whole grace of God and the peace that comes through that. And I believe that they had a greater re revelation even than the church of Jesus Christ has today in 2019. That's why you saw this phrase everywhere, grace and peace, grace and peace. Maybe we should start using that phrase a little bit more, grace and peace. Grace and peace to you through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I declare over you, congregation, grace and peace to you in Jesus' name. Do you receive that? Amen. And so what is this thing of the grace of God all about? Well, quite simply, uh, let me just say this. I found that some people battle to understand this concept of the grace of God. And they know that the grace comes through the cross and everything that Jesus has made available to us. And, but in simple terms, what does the grace of God mean? It means bestowing his favor and blessing upon your life. What does the grace of God mean? It means that you get brought into a covenant relationship with Jesus, with the Father. What does the grace of God mean? It means that God is setting us up in a place of highest privilege, whereas previously we were enemies from God. We were estranged from God, but God has restored us into relationship and he has given us this highest place where we are seated at the right hand of the throne of God. What does the grace of God mean? It also means that it is God that has given us an incredible spiritual inheritance. And essentially, the grace of God means that you go from a really bad place of death and destruction to this incredible place of the life of God, of being a co-heir with Christ, of having such an incredible spiritual inheritance. God takes you from a terrible place. He takes you to the most incredible place that any human being can ever experience. That's the grace of God. And it's all because of His goodness and His loving kindness. Praise the Lord. And then just this last phrase in verse 3. His divine power. His divine power. Please say that with me. His divine power. Do you still have great confidence in the power of God? His divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. I want to tell you folks, this is an incredible verse of scripture. It's incredible and it helps us to realize what God has made available to us.
And it means, in essence, that God has given you, child of God, everything that you need to live a victorious Christian life. That you can live a life of victory, a life which is victorious. He's given you everything that you need to live a godly life. You see, too many believers, I believe, I observe, are in a place of defeat. And it's because they're not realizing what God has made available to them. And then what your response is, is you look in the Word and you see what God has made available and then you act on it and you receive through those great and precious promises all that God has for you. And in the Scripture, you become a partaker of the divine nature of God. I want to tell you, the old nature has been crucified with Christ. You're a new creation in Christ Jesus. God takes you out of the muck. He takes you into the glory. And you know what the wonderful thing is? We experience the fullness of this divine nature. And it's so important that we believe this and that we receive this because too many people are expecting God to still do something when God has done it all at the cross and he's made it available to us. We just need to see what his word says about it and we take it, we receive it, we make it our own, our lives become different, we begin to live in a new level of victory. Because let me tell you, whatever is born of God overcomes the world. When you were born of God, you received that seed of God, that incorruptible seed, and whatever is born of God overcomes the world. So I want to tell you, stop living like a defeated person. Stop living like you are a sinner. No, you were a sinner, but now you've been saved by grace, and you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Can anybody get excited about this today? Amen. So I want to say, you are not at a disadvantage. And I'll tell you why, because the Bible says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. You know what life more abundantly means? It means life plus some, life with an edge, life with an advantage. It does not mean life with a disadvantage. And so the abundant life that Jesus has promised you through his word is life with advantage. What is that advantage? Among other things, it's his divine power enabling you to live victoriously. His divine power enabling you to live a life of godliness on this planet earth. And so there's no, no reason whatsoever that you should be defeated, but you are positioned to make it. You are positioned to thrive. God did not leave you as an orphan. He's given everything that you need. Plus, you have the Holy Spirit as your senior life's partner to help you walk in victory. Don't underestimate the power of the Spirit of God. So I want to say to you, child of God, that you have everything you need in Christ Jesus. But it's all in Christ. And as you seek to know him and draw on everything that he wants to give you, it becomes the reality in your life. And so I want to say to you, don't rely on your own ability. It will let you down. But I want to encourage you that you should rely wholeheartedly on his divine power. When you're facing temptation, you will probably not be able to get out of it on your own. But I want to tell you, His divine power enables you to live a godly life. 
when you face a situation where you're just furious, where you just want to like almost kill somebody, not literally, but you almost want to throttle them because of things that they have done, how are you going to respond? Well, I want to tell you, if you will rely on your own strength, the response might be disappointing, but if you will rely on His divine power, you will be able to be more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Amen.